Hey guys, and welcome to the very first episode of Captain Jack's Story Emporium! Woo! I just really wanted to say thank you to everyone who's been super supportive of the podcast. It honestly means a lot to me, and I've been working really, really hard on this for such a long time. I really hope you guys like it. I not only wanted a place to talk about my love of horror movies and television, but I also wanted to give a platform to creatives who wanted to showcase their own writing talent. Every week, I will be reading your story submissions to kick off the episodes and their theme, so stay tuned for that. Today, I'm going to be reading an original by me called A Dark Ship. Hope you like it. It all started with a pipe dream. Get rich, go to college, get a job at the aquarium, and live the rest of my life. Simple, right? That's what I thought all those years ago, living off the coast of South Carolina. Big mistake. It was a Saturday night when us four unruly teenagers headed down to the banks for a final debrief. Trevor was the coordinator, Lynn and I were the main divers, and Crush was the muscle. I never thought we'd actually find it, Blackbeard's treasure. It was a myth. In urban legend, the parents tell little kids at night to scare them, but it didn't exist. At least it wasn't supposed to. Anyway, Lynn and I listened close as the wind picked up slightly to the murky waters. Trevor, on the other hand, tribal and blonde and ambitious, no quarrels about it. Stuck in his dad's shadow, Trevor would do anything to make a name for himself, even if that meant sacrificing his own friends. He handed Lynn and I the coordinates he'd stolen from his world-renowned art collector father's office. This was the final take as we all crammed into the tiny boat and headed out to sea. The further we got from shore, the smaller it looked and the pit in my stomach grew. Finally dropped the anchor and settled about 40 miles away from shore. We put on our scuba gear and prepared to take the dive of our lives directly over Blackbeard's ship, the Queen Anne's Revenge. Trevor and Crush turned on their flashlights and jumped off the boat first, followed by Lynn and myself. It was pitch black as I could only see what was right in front of me. I kept going deeper and deeper into the abyss. I felt like we'd been swimming forever when Trevor and Crush stopped dead in their tracks. Just below us was a huge rusted piece of wood covered in sea urchins and seaweed. A black tattered flag with a sequendered heart slowly moved to the beat of the current. I looked over at my oxygen tank. Forty minutes left. I swam down a little bit further to the main opening of the ship. Beautiful colored fish swam in and out of the scrapes of the vessel. We went inside and dispersed to our separate weight. Crush and Lynn went to the right while Trevor and I went to the left to explore. Wire deck cannons lined the sides of the ornate writing on the exterior. We kept going deeper into the ship. Eventually, we wandered into what I believe were the captain's quarters. Trevor and I were about to leave when I heard a faint voice call to me that whispered, Over here. Perched onto a dresser was a golden locket. I opened it to see what was inside, but when I did, a secret compartment in the floor opened. I turned to Trevor and we both swam down the mysterious opening together. Once through, the ship came alive. I'm pretty sure we found it. Cups of gold chalismans were stacked against the walls. Amulets and golden earrings hung from the bones of dead skeletons' necks. While chip paintings of low-browed pirates of yesteryear were left floating on the boat floor. I glanced at my oxygen tank. Twenty minutes left. Time to go. I pulled on Trevor's wetsuit, letting him know that it was time to go. But a mysterious music box, just like the one... on the map that Trevor had shown me ages ago caught my eye. Curious, I opened it and found the golden coin. When I took the coin out, however, all of a sudden an organ blasted throughout the ship. Delirious whispers and chronic screams filled the interior. 
The fish scattered and our oxygen tanks started to frizzle right out before our eyes. Trevor stuffed his pockets with gold and gems and tried to swim to the surface, leaving me behind and the boat went dark as our flashlights went out. I could feel the ship sinking further into the ocean. We were just about out of oxygen when the ship rolled over and everything went completely blank. Next thing I know, the four of us woke up face down of the shore of an abandoned island. When I opened my eyes, the island wasn't like any island I'd ever seen. It's like we were transported to another world. The sand was black and felt like hot coal. Palm trees were coiled, withered, and blood spattered. The moon above was red and the sea stretched for eons. Is everybody alright? I asked as I tried to pick myself up from the shoreline. Yeah, but what the hell happened? Asked Lynn as she took off her oxygen tank. Crush and I were about to head up when we just blacked out. Amanda took something she wasn't supposed to, Trevor said as he squeezed the water out of his soaked shorts. Says the guy with lined pockets up the wazoo. I said back to Trevor. Wait, you guys actually found it? Asked Crush. Trevor unearthed his filled pockets with jewels and gold onto the beach catching the moonlight. Crusher was in awe as he picked up a gem to admire. Okay, that's great and all, said Lynn, but where are we? How do we get back home? You don't, said a mysterious voice. And why not? Trevor yelled back to the wind. Show yourself. At least not all alive. A word of lightning struck in the distance, and a broken pirate ship glided onto the water with a ghostly man swinging his sword right at us. It pulled up right on the shoreline. Only one of you will make it off my island with my treasure and return to the natural world. I require sacrifices for this gift. To our horror, he takes his blade and puts it to the neck of an unsuspecting crew member and tosses it onto the beach, then wipes the blood off his sword with a handkerchief. You have until daylight. How you guys do it is up to you. Don't disappoint me. And with that, the ship disappears, leaving the severed head behind. Crusher picked up the head. We aren't really going to kill each other, are we? I asked the group. Well, it's kill or be killed, I guess. And with that, Trevor took his hand knife and stuck Crusher in the neck, leaving him to bleed out on the stained sand as his head rolled beside him. Lynn and I looked at each other in horror. Guess it's time for you two to start running. I grabbed Lynn's hand and ran at the beach to a shallow, but what looked like to be a homemade grave. Pile of bones stacked against ripped flags and glistening jewels. You can feel the horrors that happened here. Blackbeard was determined to get his death. I hid between two vats of bones piled and Lynn inside a small bamboo hut. This was our only chance. Trevor wasn't going to stop. Come on guys, just come out, Trevor shouted. If anybody deserves to live and keep the treasure, it's me. I mean, I'm the one that told you guys about it and my father's the one who originally found it. It's only fair. I'll give your family a portion of the money. Your death means something, he shouted back. We stayed silent. Hiding isn't going to work forever. This only ends one way. Trevor was right. We had nothing to lose at this point. Two against one. We could take him. I took one of the bones from my grave pile and threw it the other direction. Trevor turned around and ran towards the sound. I quickly got up to find Lynn, but she wasn't in the hut. I searched around until a fragile hand touched the back of my neck. I whipped around to find Lynn weathered and turned to inebriated skin. I screamed with horror as I fell to the floor. Then she collapsed and shrivered into dust. Trevor's father handed me the sword of the ship. Trevor made a mad dash for it but was caught by his father, dropping the pocket knife to the ground. 
Behead him, and the title of Blackbeard is yours. It's the only way. What about Lynn? I asked as I stared into the pure steel of the blade. What happened to her? She was plotting to sacrifice you in order to save herself, thus making her intentions impure. You were the true heir to Blackbeard's curse. Come on, Amanda. I was just kidding around, Trevor whimpered. We can get out of this together. Don't listen to him. I wasn't actually going to hurt you. He's clearly a crazy person stuck on an abandoned island for 10 years. Truce? He asked. I stared at the blade and back at Trevor, and in that moment, I knew what I had to do. This is for Crush. And with that, I drew the sword and severed Trevor's head, blood spattering all over my wetsuit. His lifeless body fell to the ground while his head rolled next to my foot. Trevor's father bowed in honor and disappeared into the now shining sun. So here I am, 10 years later, the new Blackbeard, waiting for my replacement so I can finally rest in peace. You in? Hi guys, and thank you so much for tuning into that short story that I made for this podcast. If you would like your short story featured on the podcast, feel feel please the wow, I can't speak. Please feel free to email Captain Jack Story Emporium at gmail.com to get your short story featured. Now off to the actual theme and topic for this week, which is a really cool one, is Urban Legends and Monsters. Yay! Some of my favorite movies have to do with urban legends and myth and all that different stuff, so we're going to get into it. Actually, the story A Dark Ship was based on two urban myths. The first being about Blackbeard's treasure, obviously, and the other one being a haunted treasure of Deer Island. If you've never heard of Deer Island before, don't sweat it, because I'll tell you all about it. It's actually a really interesting story, and I thought it would be really cool to cover since it is one of those urban legends that I don't think anyone's ever heard of before. I didn't hear about it until I was doing some light research. <laughs> so this is how the legend goes. Basically one day two fishermen came across Deer Island which is an abandoned island and planned to stay the night. They heard some rustling and some weird sounds in the bushes and left alone until they had enough and decided to check it out. What they actually found was a headless skeleton and it's said that the skeleton actually chased the fishermen all the way back to their boat. Who exactly was the skeleton, you ask? Legend has it that a band of pirates came to Deer Island and buried their treasure there. One crew member volunteered to stay and guard the treasure, only for the captain to behead him and have the ghost guard it. Man, that's some spooky shit. Anyone want to go on a field trip? I'm just kidding, guys. I mean, unless. Nah. Maybe? <laughs> so, like, if I'm talking fast, I'm really sorry. I'm not trying to. This is only the first episode. I swear to God, the other episodes are going to be a lot better. You know, most of this stuff is pre-recorded. Right now, I'm just sitting in my apartment by myself. I feel like that's how every single one of these podcasts starts. Just the person is sitting alone in their house talking to themselves. Normally, I'll have a guest come on and talk about their own topics and stuff like that. But I felt like it would just be cool to just have me... And you guys get to know me a little bit more in retrospect. So get ready to have like actual guests on here. That being said, let's talk about some movies. If you don't know what to watch this Halloween, then I got you. Here are some movies with urban legends and monsters that I think that you guys should check out. If you haven't checked out already, obviously you got your classics like Candyman. 
I Know What You Did Last Summer. But one movie, which I actually think is the scariest movie I've ever seen, which you'll probably hear me bring up in a couple of other episodes, is called Dead Silence. Basically, okay, this movie is so fucking scary, I don't even know how to describe it. It's about the legend of Mary Shaw, who was a bullied puppeteer, and when she was killed, the legend has it that she would rip the tongues out of people who spoke badly about her. And she uses these like creepy-ass dummies to do it for her. The poster is so, so, so creepy. It has one of those wooden dolls on it that's saying, shh, at the end. Just go watch it. It's one of the creepiest, scariest movies I've ever seen. And I don't really get scared of a lot of movies like at all. So if you're looking for an actually really scary movie, that's a movie I would suggest. Another one that's super underrated is Dead Man's Curd by Dan Rosen. Basically, the rumor goes, if your roommate commits suicide, you get an automatic 4.0. So a couple of students take this tart and make a plan to kill their roommate and call it a suicide so they get it perfect in their GPA on their last semester of college. It's not necessarily scary per se, but it's definitely a brain puzzler as you think it's going one way, but really it's going the other way. Depends how many movies you've seen because it could be predictable or not, but I think it's just interesting that, you know, the urban myth that if your roommate commits suicide that you're just going to automatically skate through the entire year of college which I don't think is actually true. But if it is, somebody please let me know. Not that I'm going to kill my roommate. I live alone. But, (laughs) I mean, hey, you never know who could use that info. If you want to watch that movie, it's for free on Tubi, which is T-U-B-I. It's a free service. Another one of my favorites you've probably actually heard of is House of a Thousand Corpses, directed by Rob Zombie. It follows... A bunch of random teenagers just looking for, you know, an adventurous trip only for them to run into the Firefly family and have shit hit the fan. Basically, moral of the story, if you're going on a field trip looking for spooky shit, don't be surprised when you find the spooky shit. Honestly, the standouts from this movie aren't the kids themselves. You don't really care about them. You kind of, they're almost annoying. You kind of want them to die, which I feel like is in most horror movies. You're like supposed to care about the protagonist, but really it's all about that villain. And the Firefly family is literally like the ultimate villains. They basically had two more movies after them. I mean, you got the legendary Sid Hag, rest in peace, who plays Captain Spaulding, who is an aging clown and the owner of the Museum of Monsters and Madmen, where they take you on like a really cool uh, ride that shows you some of the most horrific and brutal mur- murders in the area, and also the legend of Dr. Satan, which the kids were trying to quote unquote find Dr. Satan. Spoiler alert, they do, and they don't like it. Then you have Baby, who is played by Sherry Moon Zombie, which is Rob Zombie's wife. She's like the child, uh, childlike girl who just likes killing people in the family. And then you got Otis, the backwoods bumpkin and older brother of the Firefly family. Uh, basically, after this movie, they have two more with sequels in them, basically focusing on the family. Because you don't actually get to know the family a lot during this movie. 
but it just kind of sets them up and how crazy and ridiculous they actually are. To me, this is basically Rob Zombie's best movie, I would think. I've seen a couple of his other ones, and obviously the remake of Halloween. Maybe we'll talk about that another time, but basically it's really original. It's really funny, it's a dark comedy, but also brutal. If you don't like guts and gore, you probably won't like this one. Also, side note, it stars Rain Wilson, who I believe plays Dwight from The Office, so that's really cool. If you like The Office, he's in it. Spoiler alert, if you want to see Dwight die, <laughs> um, this movie's for you. Another super underrated one is Mama. I remember watching this film back when I was in high school, and I don't know why I was so scared of this film. I wouldn't be scared of it now, but pretty much me and all of my friends were. Uh, it's a 2013 supernatural horror film directed by Andy Munchini. Can't say his last name. Based off Martini and short film. It follows two young girls abandoned in the forest cabin and fostered by an unknown entity that they call Mama. Their father, five years before then, took them out to the cabin to kill them, but instead the entity killed their father and shielded them and kept them alive for five years until a search and rescue party came to find them. Only then, Mama wasn't so happy about her quote-unquote children being taken away. So obviously some horror ensues. The story is actually really touching, even though it's, you know, supernatural and weird. I'm not going to give too much away on it, but Mama isn't, you know, the biggest villain in this story, at least not to me. If you like paranormal, this is definitely a movie for you. It's definitely on the more creepy factor and supernatural factor rather than straight up murder. But, you know, the legend has it that there's some mysterious entity just raising children in the woods. All right, and I think that's all the time that we have for today. If you stay, if you stay this entire time, thank you so much. It really means a lot to me. Uh, I'm going to try to get episodes out every either Tuesday or Thursday. I haven't decided yet which days I'm going to be posting on. If you would like to be a guest on the show or just talk about any topics that you want to talk about, feel free to email CaptainJackStoryEmporium at gmail.com or DM me at LeslieVizek on Instagram or you can DM the instagram about that as well or if you just have general questions feel free all right bye guys see you next week